When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I punch in the address to where I'm going. I don't know where it is. So I jump in my car and drive and I'm wearing a Crystal Palace top, right? Get to this village. It's packed, right? I walk on stage. And some guy just starts giving it to me, fucking giving it. Like, how can you be wearing that top? And I'm confused, innit? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, where are we? So I asked him, like, well, all right, what team do you support? He's like, I'm, I'm a Brighton fan. But it threw me off here yeah, because the guy, I've been to loads of football games. I know hooliganism. I know how they look, innit? Yeah. This guy was dressed like my science teacher. He had glasses <laughs> on and a fucking checkered shirt. So I asked him, like, bro, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you look like my size. Like... Football. At the end of the day. Hello and welcome to Comedians Talking About Football, where I, Sam Michael, talk to professional funny people about the lows, the highs, the overpriced pies, and pretty much everything else that comes with supporting a football team. This episode kicks off the second part of Series 3, and we have some fantastic guests to see out the 2022-2023 football season, including Davy Johns, what a legend he is, Phil Wathen, Matt Hobbs, Karen Bailey, and more. My name is Sam Michael, stand-up comedian and long-suffering Reading FC fan who can't think of anything worse than talking about the reality of football right now. So instead, we're going to do something a bit different this episode because we're going to talk about fantasy football. Yes, the series has made a triumphant return, broadcasting weekly, kicking off a weekend of football, and we have the second coming of Stato as our guest today. I'm so excited as a comedy and football fan to welcome Andrew Menzer to the podcast. So let's crack on. This is Andrew Menzer, a.k.a. The New Stato, talking about fantasy football. Andrew, mate, thanks for coming on. How you doing? I'm good, man. Sam, thanks for having me, man. It's been a, as I said, it's been a long time coming, man. 
But I'm 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 excited to be with you, man. Oh mate, I'm I'm excited to have you on as well. I want to start right by saying that I completely agree 100 percent with what you said in the last episode of Fantasy Football about how it's stupid to support your local team. And I say that because as I said to you just before we started recording, I live in Swindon. But that's that's what I was saying. That's what I was trying to say to those guys. Like if I supported Charlton, I wouldn't I wouldn't love football. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I would it was every time I went there, it was shit. The fans complained all day, the football was shit. Like, and you don't know anyone. So it's not, you know, like when you go Sunday league, yeah? Yeah. The football's shit, but you know your, your friend is playing. You can have, bat- you know, it's enjoyable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you don't even know the players. You don't know anyone around you. And it's just shit. Everybody's dead. Fuck that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, well, luckily, mate, don't worry. Because, uh, you know, I might live in Swindon, but I support a proper team, uh, a Premier League team. Yeah, it's from 10 years ago. Um, I support Reading. Oh. <laughs> okay, but you got to tell me your story. What happened there, man? I actually was born, like, near Reading. So they just became my local team. And I ended up moving to Swindon. I, I can only live in places where they have shit football teams. I think that's the, the rule. <laughs> I, I've lived in, like... <laughs> I have actually. <laughs> so Swindon, Reading, Dundee and Cambridge. I can't live in one place that's got a Premier League team. Actually, even when I lived in Bristol, right? I lived in Bristol for a little while. Like, the biggest city probably in the UK not to have a Premier League team. That's mad. Do you know what? I always say, like, you can... Your local team should be, like, your secondary team. Hmm. So, like, you should pick a team and be like, okay, let me weigh it up. This is the best team. This is the the player I like, plays for this team. Whatever. The connection that brings you joy... You should pick for the one you support. In your local team, you can, you should go down whenever you can. But that shouldn't be the team that you ride on. Otherwise, you're going to have a... Because, you know, I think, yeah, football is a choice, isn't it? It's a choice yeah. to watch it. No one's putting a gun to your head saying you got to support a team. So why would you put yourself through pain? It's self-harm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Supporting uh, Charlton for me is self-harm. That would be self me self-harming myself. <laughs> It's a mental illness. <laughs> Do you not think, though, that maybe the whole of England is self-harming, just supporting the English football team? Yeah, yeah. Football football has brought so much, like, it's mad. Like, I love football, yeah. I think about football all the time. Yeah. But, like, I'm not that emotionally attached, though. Like, I can separate myself from my real life from my football life. Yeah. But some people, like, if, if their team, their team, like, Loses, they fucks up their whole weekend. That's yeah. mad to me. That's a there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Did you get it? Yeah. He's yeah. He's play. Even the players don't care that much. Yeah. Is, they lose four 0 and then jump in their Lamborghini and <laughs> live their life. Do you know what I mean? I'll tell you a story. I was doing a gig somewhere, like one of those village gigs, right? Yeah. So it's a company called One Off Comedy, where they basically put off put on comedy shows in places that don't have like recognizable clubs, right? So. They're great. They put me me lows, right? So I'm like, I punch in the address to where I'm going. I don't know where it is. I just punch in the postcode. It's an hour away. So I jump in my car and drive. And I'm wearing a Crystal Palace top, right? Get to this village. It's packed, right? I walk on stage. And some guy just starts giving it to me, right? Like, fucking giving it. Like, how can you be wearing that top? And I'm confused, isn't it? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, where are we? Do you know what I mean? I'm like, where are we sort of thing? 
And I so I asked him like, well, oh, what team do you support? He's like, I'm I'm a Brighton fan. I support you're right near Brighton. This is right near Brighton. Like, yeah. how can you? But it threw me off here yeah, because the guy, I've been to loads of football games. I know hooliganism. I know how they look in it. Yeah. This guy was dressed like my science teacher. He had glasses <laughs> on, and a fucking checkered shirt. So I asked him like, bro, like. What are you gonna do? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you look like a science teacher. Like when did Brian fans start asking like Millwall fans, right? Yeah. And it was just I just started rinsing him throughout the show to the point where like his wife came up to me after the gig. I was like, I'm so sorry for my husband. I really apologize. And I was like, don't worry, it's all fun. Then he came back up to me. He's like, I really, I really sorry, but I just felt like you wore that top to like piss me off. And I was like. It's like a gig every night. I don't, how would I know that you were going to be in the audience of all night that I wore this top just to piss you off? It's like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, bro? Uh, the M23 derby, they call it, or whatever. There's always like, with a rivalry, one team cares about it more than the other. More. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't really think Palace care that much about Brighton, mainly because that guy you described, like, you know, glasses, science teacher. I think it's that just, is... bro, he was so non-threatening. It was a, yeah. it was so funny to me that he was giving me. It's like you're not a mill wolf. If, if, get me. I won't wear a challenge shirt in Bermondsey. I know yeah. how the man <laughs> get down. <laughs> but no one in Brighton is gonna do me anything for wearing a palette shirt. <laughs> and just sit there and enjoy the show. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. It's like I think though I having been to a few Brighton games when they visited us, I think that guy sounds like the scariest Brighton fan I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, that's like a proper hooligan for Brighton. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'll get you, sunshine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mate, you're a, you're a Crystal Palace fan, of course. Now, how did that come about? I think I know the story, but just for those who haven't heard it, how did you become a Palace fan? So, obviously, my cousin Eze plays for Palace, isn't it? Yeah. So, before Pat, like, I've always been, like, just my normal football mind, I've always followed players more than I follow teams. I always like play Because, obviously, I was trying to be a footballer. So, how mm. it came from, it was like, you know what, I never want to get caught out like Harry Kane, that I was an Arsenal fan, I played for Tottenham. So I'm going to be like, you know what? Whatever team comes in for me, no one can say that about me. So I was trying to be a footballer. But um, I always just liked players, innit? And I was just trying to study players. So, like, my favourite teams growing up were, like, I love Scolzi. And obviously, Omri was just, like, a revolution for Arsenal, innit? And in the Premier League, especially, like, young black guys as well. But I remember one game specifically, like, my, my family are Arsenal, innit? So they were playing... United and I remember Scholes he did like he did like one turn and like he just pinged it and I remember thinking oh my god that was amazing and my brother was telling me like shut up man it wasn't that good and I remember thinking like bro like just because you support Arsenal doesn't mean you can't you can't say this guy's great do you know what I mean yeah yeah that never stopped working with me so I used to follow players innit then obviously when when Aberry was like getting closer to being a pro he went to QPR, he signed for QPR first, right? As his first pro mm. contract. And I used to go to QPR all the time. And then you just get invested. Do you know what I mean? I was just invested in QPR and so like always following them and transfers and all of that stuff. But then I realized it's because of it's because of him. 
And then, but the only thing is that QPR, where I'm from Greenwich, isn't it? So QPR was like fucking far to get to. But then when you moved to Palace, it felt more like it was more local. Um, Palace are in the Premier League. That's another yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> and they had good players. They had players like Zaha, obviously Alicia coming through. And then when I went to Palace a few times, you did the club, the atmosphere is just sick down there. Mm. So I just kind of like fell in love with the place. But it's more, but it's more to do with him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'll tell you funny, like there was a guy I used to work with at BT um, called Chris Charles, the nicest guy. And he's a massive QPR fan. So we always used to talk about QPR constantly. We used to meet up at games, whatever. And then like when Aberry left to go uh, Palace that season, he, he came up to me like, I hadn't seen him in a while. He's like, oh, right, the boys are doing well, isn't it? Like the Rangers are doing well. I was like, hey, what are you talking about? Is that QPR? I, was like, I don't give a fuck about QPR. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a Palace fan because he's there, man, and it's great. It's great. I'm going down there tonight. It's sick, man. South London, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yes, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, obviously, what, what's that like then? Like having a having family in the Premier League it must change your attitude to like how everybody looks at footballers, especially that you want to get into football yourself. I think in this country, we do give footballers such a hard time. You look at like, the treatment Maguire's getting at the moment. And don't get me wrong, like these guys are, you know, millionaires and they, um, you know, they, they, they can take a bit of criticism and a bit of banter and that. But sometimes, like, especially in the case, I think of Maguire, like it's been so harsh sometimes from the press. So do you see that other side of it? you know, being having footballers in the family? It's weird because, like, you understand the spotlight that's on them. So, like, um, as a comedian, for example, I feel like, even though the spotlight is on me for a while, I feel like I can get away with much more than he could because mm. I can guise it on the umbrella of comedy. So even, like, when I say I change my team, wherever Eze goes, people, people be like, oh, he's a comedian. So they let me, they can let him slide a bit. Whereas there's certain things that he, they won't let him slide on certain things. So like, there's so many incidents where, I've, where we've just been like normally family occurrences that were cautious that it, it shouldn't get out and not make sure no one's recording or whatever, just because the stick he may, may or may not get and that fear of it and that fear of like being scrutinized in the press or on Twitter, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting. Like I remember, like there was a viral clip that went out with Zaha, where he was like the post-match interview. The guy was like, "Oh, so what are you, you going to do today? Like celebrate the win?" And he's just like, "No, nah, I'm just going to go home and like you know, you know, hang out with my son." And then literally that night, someone recorded him, and he was out like dancing, and they put the mm. clips together. It was so funny. But I remember thinking, like, why can't he just say, "I'm going to the club"? Yeah. Because he knows if he says that, people are gonna be like, "Oh, this guy's," and you know what I mean. It's just, mm. it's just a problem <laughs> for no reason. That's not a problem. So I think I've seen that, but then I've also seen like how much football has changed uh, families' lives. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it's like I always feel like there's a like this world is not perfect, isn't it? Unfortunately. So there's like a balance to everything. It's like, yeah, you can change your family's life. You can, you know, your, your parents don't have to struggle anymore, but then you might get stick in, in the sun. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's like a thing like, it's almost how you have to deal with it. It's like, if we do comedy, yeah, it might be great, but you might have to deal with a heckler a few times. You might have to deal with a shit promoter. It's like, it comes with it. Like nothing is, 
smooth as you would like it and ideal as you would like it. So it's 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 in that sense. Um, but then also it's like you look at it like deep down, deep rooted. It's those people that give stick to Maguire would love to be Maguire, would love to be in his position. Yeah. yeah. So there is a lot of that as well. It's just like a lot of people don't mean the shit they say or the mm. shit they think. And there's not a lot of consequences. So if you go to games and someone's sh- screaming that fucking Zaha's mum's a cunt, he knows that Zaha's not going to come and punch him in the face. Mm. Otherwise, he wouldn't say it. So there's like there's that as well. It's like, let these people just have their thing. It's like you're in a coliseum. Let them shout. Let them do their thing. And then they can go on and live their... They don't really mean what they're saying. Do you know what I mean? So I think he's... But obviously, Barry's like very like level-headed he's like very religious and stuff so he kind of takes things in his stride very well it amazes me how like level-headed and professional you have to be and at such a young age as well so yeah. um we have, we've had a we've had actually had uh, along with many great comedians we've had footballers on this podcast as well um and we had charlie austin on uh for an episode and we were talking a bit about how he became kind of got a lot of heat for his um post-match interview when he was talking about a disallowed goal you know, the famous rant that they turned into like a part life meme and things like that. Yeah. And he, I was sort of talking to him a little bit about it. And he says, well, what you got to understand is, he says, the media know what they're doing. Sometimes you notice like the footballers, when they come off of a mad game, they're, they're almost like they've just been brainwashed. Like they go into like a, they go very straight. So for example, Euros, right? We go through to the final of the Euros, beating Denmark. Harry Kane scored the winning penalty. Like you would just be a mess. There was England fans up and down the country, just all over the shop. I was one of them. But when they interviewed Kane, he's suddenly just like, "Well, you know, the boys yeah, yeah. played very well." He's suddenly very. And he says that's really like put onto them by uh, by the coaches and the staff to, to say, "Look, once you come off the pitch, you've got to like." Just if you speak to the press, everything's just got to go, no emotion. And he said, "Because that's interesting because it's like, you know, as a comedian, once you've you've done a gig that's gone really well, it's yeah. almost like it's a high, isn't it? It's an elation yeah. in your head. And you almost like I know when I smash a gig, I feel like I can after that moment, that that next ten minutes, I honestly feel like I can do anything in the world. Yeah. I honestly believe like I could move to." the queen and she would she would succumb to my charm do you know what i mean <laughs> that's how you feel like so imagine like scoring a winning goal that puts your country into the final yeah the elation you must feel so it's almost unnatural to be able to to do that but yeah. the, what the media try, obviously i worked in media so what they try and do is they know that few pocket as charlie austin was saying they might be out of pocket one day and that's what they live for do you know yeah. what i mean they kind of live for that and that's what I think, like, if you made, if footballers made it more humane about their emotions and been like, and just kept it real bit more, yeah, I think it would normalise it. So, like, when you watch, I hate when you watch interviews and, then like, these teams just beat a team 7-0 and then they're like, yeah, it's a tough game, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. You Just come out and say, that was shit, it's calm. We get <laughs> it, we all, we all know it. <laughs> yeah, that was shit, it's an easy day today, I'm going home. <laughs> what, like what? You know what I mean? Just, just come out and keep it real. And I think yeah. we put less pressure on, on it because it's like a role model thing, isn't it? Mm. And to me, like these people are not role models; they're just good at playing football. Yeah. Like talent doesn't choose morality in in that sense, isn't it? It's like because the guy is good at playing football doesn't mean I need to model my life over him. He's just mm. a good footballer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I feel I do feel that for the players, like 
Like, man, like some of them just played football and now it's just like this massive chore on their hands. But then I think yeah. I think overall, like your mum never has to work again, your kids are fine. So it's like a I don't know, it's like a balance sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like the the millions definitely soften the blow of that stuff. But millions, you, you're yeah. right though, like with the, your life is kind of change like like so if Zaha goes out so what if I have a bad day at work I go out do you know what yeah. I mean like pressure these people put on those players that they don't put on themselves yeah yeah exactly so weird to me <laughs> like <laughs> even you don't do that what are you talking about you're expecting this guy to do it why because he plays football at a high level it's like, yeah, exactly it's, it's a bit like um what shocked me was when the England team got like a load of stick for going on holiday after you know, they're like they, they obviously they lost they lost the Euros final. Then they went on holiday and they're like, ah, oh, well, they obviously don't care. Look, they've all gone on holiday. It's like, well, they've been working all summer. Yeah. Like, what <laughs> yeah. about? Like, it'd be like if I have a shit gig. Someone's like, ah, oh, see, Sam had a shit gig last week. Now he's gone on holiday. Obviously yeah, doesn't yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> <So> what? <laughs> it's a funny old game. So let's, let's talk then about the new series of fantasy football because I am a massive fan of the original series um, and I used to watch it when I was a kid, obviously Bedeal and Skinner, and when I heard it was coming back, there's always that sort of thing now, there's this, this sort of it can become quite a trend to bring old TV programs back and it doesn't always quite capture the magic of the original yeah. series, but I've watched both. And I absolutely love it. I think it's oh, you, absolutely like brought back the magic of, of the original series. It's like a, the formats are the same. It's we, we, everything that made the, the original series work you've kept and, but it's also been modernized fantastically uh, in particular yourself coming in to replace Stato. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what an honour that must be. How, how have you found um, working on fantasy football so far? It's mad, man. Like, obviously, like, I'm 27, so I didn't know how massive the show was in the 90s. Mm. Like, when it came out, I wasn't even born. So, obviously, I knew, like, Badu and Skinner as, like, comedy guys and just, like, remind them as, as comics. And, obviously, they did the Free Lion song. So, it was, like... If I got the call in 2021, obviously the Euros was there. So like it was like a re-emerging of them almost. Like obviously that like, us doing so well and the song, the song playing playing again. So I remember and I got the call to like meet Matt Lucas. It was weird because obviously I didn't know Matt also was a massive football fan. Mm. But like Matt's one of my childhood heroes from like Little Britain. So just to like look at the show, kind of like go through the process of being on the show. It's just like honestly, like when I'm on the recording, sometimes I, think, I fucking can't believe this, man. Mm. Because like it's just like the perfect mesh for me, like comedy and football. And I've always wanted like to mesh those worlds together and to be on a show that was so iconic in the 90s, um, for us to do it again, but then to do it in our own way and it for it to be so well received was a bit yeah. Cause it's so, cause like going through the show, there were so many like processes of like getting on it and going through it that you're constantly thinking of. 
So like when I first did the meeting, it was like, okay, am I going to get picked for the pilot? Then I did the pilot. It's like, I'm going to get picked for the series. Then you do, you get picked for the series and then you do more pilots to see if you can stay on it. And then it goes out and then you're thinking, okay, how's it going to be received? And it's just months. I think the first call I got from Fantasy was in March. Do you know what I mean? And it's just mm-hmm. come out this month. So it's like, it's been a long process into getting into getting to this point. But I just felt like in those in that period of time, I learned so much. Like Matt and Ellis James are like honestly like the most one of the most talented, two of the most talented people I've ever worked with. Like they're just so great, so funny. And like me being a relatively young comic, it was just like to be in that world, it's just been a bit crazy, man. And just kind of like enjoying myself. Do you know what I mean? Just enjoying like trying to enjoy myself as much as I can and not like put it on like, oh my god, like I'm replacing statue, I have to do a big job. And it's like, you know what, we kind of know what those guys did and it's, and it's beautiful that they gave us the blessing to do it as well. Mm. Um, and just trying to do it, do it justice and, then, and also have fun at the same time. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it, that's the main thing. It looks, it's not lost any of its fun. It looks like such a fun show to be involved with. Like, yeah. I, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but the new series of Buzzcocks, which has come back, I think it's lost a little bit of something from the original series, mainly because... I think the uh, the old series was a little bit s- slower pace, and I think in in the modern sort of television, you need things a little bit more snappier. There's a little bit more editing, yeah. things like that. It's just my opinion. Many people don't agree. I think it's doing quite well, but with fantasy football, it's just got that lovely casual feeling of guys who are funny just having time to chat about football, um, yeah. and the it, it, you can tell it's authentic. Um, and what I love in your role is that, like, we've all got that one mate who kind of interrupts conversations, but with something really funny, like a few yeah. cutting little comments and things like that, which is something I'd say the original Stato, who wasn't a comedian, didn't do. He was there for kind of the, yeah. the facts and stuff. But you come in with some absolute zingers throughout. I mean, just to highlight them. First of all, when you were talking about uh, that football is no longer taking the knee and you sort of, you know, joked, you know, that um, Ellis James and Matt Lucas should do it. You said to Matt Lucas, come on, Matt, you could do with uh, (laughs) (laughs) referencing his old material. (laughs) And then um, you showed him, was it... uh, Little Britain on the PlayStation 2. Yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, it, those graphics have aged better than the... <laughs> Jokes, yeah. But for me, the best one that had me crying was when um, Russell Howard was trying to justify his penalty at Soccer Aid. And he was like saying, oh, yeah, what I tried to do is I tried to Penelka it And you were like, whoa, whoa. That was that not was that, was it? You're like, just cut out that bullshit. Yeah, you just, shit don't lie, bro. You just miskicked that shit. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> but yeah, like, Cause I felt like I don't know, like I watched a lot of the Stato stuff, and he obviously wasn't a comedian, mm. and he also like was on like the button of jokes a lot of the time. Mm. So I kind of tried to switch that in terms of like I'm gonna bully these two. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you two fuckers aren't gonna try and bully me. Like, but that's also what they've allowed as well, in a sense of like they've given me grace and kind of believed in me and my talent and want me to kind of tune in as much as I can. Um, so, yeah, it's just been fun. And also, like, we get on, me, Matt, and Ellis, like, we actually get on, like, I went to... Matt, I went to the cinema with Matt Lucas the other day. I was like, I remember thinking, like, I'm in the cinema with fucking 
the national hero right now and yeah. we're just friends we're just hanging out sort of thing so we do really get on um and that kind of comes 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 across and a lot of the stuff that we we put on the show is just us chatting in in the writer's room yeah. and then it goes on to this tangent and the producer's like oh no no stop stop talking put this in the show do you know what I mean like so that's where like it kind of comes from and I've always felt like even like my best bits and all of that kind of stuff just comes from like natural natural kind of inclinations but I think like the main thing of like of that is a lot of the people that work on it so the series producer Spencer was the researcher on the on the original show oh okay so that's why and 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 props to him like every time I speak about fantasy football I always got to bring him up because he fought a lot to keep all of those same stuff like Phoenix of the Flames and yeah. keeping it to the original um, because he saw, obviously he was there. And I think if it, knew, if it was a new producer that came in with their own ideas, it probably wouldn't have that old nostalgic feel that it still brings. Um, so I think big shout out to Spencer, who kind of like did that, but then modernized it by like getting me in and getting Ellis in, et cetera. Like, like, so it was just like, and obviously me, like, obviously I'm, not I've been doing stand-up four years now, so I'm ready to be new to comedy. My stuff online was what like, the stuff that like really, really enjoyed them. And that's obviously a new format, like on yeah. online stuff. So it was like definitely bringing me in was like a, a a risk, definitely. Do you know what I mean? Like just like different, but obviously, luckily, like I've I've got a lot of grounding in TV and like with what I wore and all of that kind of stuff. So it just kind of works well. We do get on. Like the first meeting I had with Matt, yeah. Normally, obviously, you done. I've done a load of these like fucking introductory meetings. They're in there for like fifteen minutes. They're seeing ten different people. Hmm. You know, but like fucking me when I first met Matt, I was in a meeting for four hours, and wow. we was just literally just chatting, and we just got on. Do you know what I mean? And it was like that was part of the main thing of us. We're just getting on, having fun, sort of thing. Um, and as the show goes on, it would just get more and more, and you'll we just feel more and more comfortable on the set, et cetera, et cetera. And people will start coming out. Because it was weird, like when we went, when we did the first show and that aired, when we did the second show, a lot of people in the crowd hadn't even seen the first one. So again, it's like a thing we're winning them over those people over for the second time. So as the series goes on, you know, more and more, more, more and more people will be familiar with it and like come out and it would just be more natural, I think. Yeah, I mean, as I said, it's worked really well. I think um, Matt Lucas and Ace James are such a good bridge from the old series to the new series. Obviously, they were sort of around sort of, well, especially Matt Lucas was was kind of around at that time as well. I think he appeared in the original series as a guest. And then you've got, as yourself, you coming in as kind of like bringing in the new new comedy, um, especially with like you were mentioning earlier, the stuff you've done online. I love your sketches online. I love the typical guys you see at five aside, the FIFA players. I I am definitely got a mate who does the older you know, skills and things like that, you know, like, I, oh, mate, you're, you're, you're a legend and it's been so good to have you on here. And oh, um, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate you having me, bro. No, it's been great, mate. And I was thrilled to, I think we kind of agreed to do this before I knew you were coming on fantasy football. So when I saw you announced in the advert, I was like, yes, yeah, amazing. Yeah, and it's the, as I said, you know, I was a big fan of the old series and um, I can't think of anyone better to replace Stato than yourself, mate. I think it's fantastic. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. That's, that's made my day, Sam. You've made my day. So. Oh, mate. One thing I will say, though, is that who had a chant. I think we do need to get a chant for Andrew Mensah. 
That's yeah, something we, for the fans. We need that, innit? We need yeah. that. It's going to come. It's going to come. But um, I, I completely relate to why they wanted to bring the show back. I think it's great to have comedians just sort of just casually chatting about football. It's why I did this podcast. You know, I used to love sitting in, I still do love sitting in green rooms and just chatting to people about football. And um, that's all I do really is chat to yeah, other comedians. Yeah. About it, and that's what made me do this podcast. Sure. Uh, so thanks for coming on. And what I want to do is, I can't see it around me at the moment. Um, I want to send you something to say thank you for coming on. Because oh, no. um, I noticed you do collect football shirts. I do. I've got loads, bro. You do, right? And you've got some really, really great ones there. Um, some amazing. Have we got any swindled ones? But... No, don't want them. Don't want them unless you need to, <laughs> to clean something or like you know, toilet needs clean or something. But uh, I have actually got your Reading shirt. I want to send over because you never oh, that's know sweet. when we get promoted next year, and then obviously a year after that we'll be making Champions League. And then um, the Saudis come in. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then obviously at that point, is easy. Your cousin might be moving over to Reading, no doubt. So, um, yeah. What is this, mate? Um, I'll send you over a shirt if that's all right, because uh, I'd oh, love to put that man. to your collection. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That's no, one, mate. Well, hopefully, I'll see you soon, and best of luck for the rest of the series. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for having me, bro. It's a funny old game. A huge thank you to Andrew for coming on. A great way to kick off the second part of season three of the podcast, seeing us out for the 2022-2023 season. Uh, if you haven't seen Fantasy Football yet, trust me, it is absolutely fantastic. Yes, of course, the original uh, has a special place in our heart with Badil and Skinner, but the new series has done such a good job of bringing it into the 2020s and, of course, having some great nostalgia, which is what football's all about. It's what this podcast is all about, nostalgia. Speaking of which, if you are new here, welcome to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We have got some great previous episodes for you to listen to with some fantastic guests, including Josh Pugh, Maisie Adam, Nathan Caton, the cast of This Country, Jacob Hawley. We've got loads. You'll find them on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, feel free to go and listen to them. And also do please follow us on our socials. We're on Instagram and Twitter. We have the same handle for both, at ComTalkFootyPod. That's at ComTalkFootyPod footy pod uh we'd love it if you could uh, give us a follow on there and we'd also really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on apple if you're listening on there or even if you just enjoyed the podcast just tell your friends about it share the love anyway our guest next episode is the fantastic karen bailey and she's going to be talking all things west bromwich albion and adrian charles so until then, I'm Sam Michael. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Sam Michael UK and on Instagram at Sam Michael Comedy and TikTok as well at Sam Michael Comedy. Until next time, thanks for listening to the podcast. Take it easy. And I'll be back before you know it with more comedians talking about football. Take care. Football. At the end of the day. Football. It's a funny old game. <laughs> Comedians talking about football. Comedians talking about football. Comedians talking about football. Sports Social Podcast Network.